Welcome into the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. I'm your host, Rob Warner. Normally, after I introduce myself, you'd hear me welcoming in the other participants of our show, but today's going to be a little different. Because we're getting into the slower portion of the calendar, Chris Cartman and I discuss providing our audience with a bit of a treat in the form of segments of audio from Chris's off-season interviews with ASU football coach Herm Edwards and several of his assistants. What better way to start this than taking our audience inside the room with Edwards in his conversation with Chris? As you'll hear, this was an opportunity for Edwards to reflect on his first full year as a college football head coach, what he learned, and what he thinks is in store for the program in 2019 and beyond. I'm going to be navigating us through these interviews that we've reformatted for the podcast, and we'll be releasing an episode a week, starting with this one. We're going to start with Chris inquiring about how the 64-year-old has felt about taking on this role in the twilight of his career. The voice you'll hear next is Chris Cartman, followed by Edward's response. How enjoyable is, is that developmental part of it, where you can do that, and, and just being here at this point in time in your career? Oh, it, it's, 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 it's energizing. This is, and this is what I tell people, this is what you miss when you're away from it. Mm-hmm. You miss coming to a place where you're immersed in one thing, developing players, developing coaches, and having, having a, a, putting a program together that can win. Mm-hmm. You're trying to build something. That's my last question. I yeah, you're, you're, you're trying to build something. You know? So that's the fun for me. I mean, I get up every morning, I'm excited about coming because something with, with these young guys, I'm going to see something every day that I hadn't seen. Like, really? And just messing with them, man. Just, you know, messing around with them. One of the things I think I've heard you say is you don't know what you don't know. So coming into this mm-hmm. versus now. Right. What, what do you, what's that like? What do you uh, think? What's didn't the differences? Re- didn't, didn't, didn't realize the amount that went in in recruiting. The time, the time that's spent. Um, I knew we needed to change how we were going to do it. Uh, and I wanted to, that's why I was hired. And obviously, AP is a director of, of, of scouting and, you know, director of. Uh, and, you know, I didn't, it caught me a little bit by surprise. Because the profile is the exact opposite 30% on the draft and 70% is football. This is 70% on recruiting, 30% football. And I think to be organized in it, to be efficient in it, was very critical for us. And I think we, we've gotten the structure now where it's very organized. Yeah. And it's, 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 we don't miss a beat. I mean, we don't miss, we cover all our bases. And it's taken a year to, to, to get this battleship turned in this direction where everybody kind of bought in and saying this is what we're doing. Because these college coaches, it was new for them too, the structure that they were going to be under and how demanding it is every day, mm-hmm. you know, an hour and a half. You're like, here it is. And we're, we're on 2020s and 2021s, you know, and that's the way it is, man. And for me, it's kind of like, let's just be organized. So that was kind of interesting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it wasn't the players so much when you say the pro model, because players – if you cut practice, it's like, that's great. Right. How it affected the coaches. Right. Because these guys are used to practicing long periods of time. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. It makes them become more structured. And it makes them all of a sudden, I want to be this. Well, yeah, you want to be that? You can be it whatever you want, but you're going to fit it into this time thing. It almost makes them become more efficient. 
mm-hmm. what they have to teach. Because mm-hmm. I believe this, it's not how much you teach, be good at something. Mm-hmm. That's what I say with the millennials. Mm-hmm. I tell my daughters all the time, I say, you know, you guys have access to a lot of information. You're information gatherers, but you got to eventually be good at something. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to be a good football player, you need to be good at football. And so how do we make them better football players? How do we teach them? How do we captivate their multitasking brain in the classroom? Is it on the field? Is it uh, all of a sudden this coverage? Oh, this is the one they ran in New York. Oh, is it, this is what the pro, yeah, this is what the pros do. How do you cap? Because that's what they're about. They're about, oh, oh, because that's how they think. They, they, about For five minutes they can do this, and then they're like, you know, because they're almost, because they, they can't hit the phone, so now they're like, oh, what am I going to do? So how do you continue to capture? So to me, that was critical for us to try to find and break through that, and I thought our coaches did a great job of that. Even though Edwards had never been a college football head coach before last year, he told Chris his process was benefited by studying what others have done successfully and considering what staff moves he would make if he did take a job. To that end, he said he knew that ASU recruiting coordinator and linebackers coach Antonio Pierce would be a key member of his staff, as well as Director of Player Personnel Al Luganville, a man who previously coached at ASU in the 1980s. He also had strong ideas on who he turned to for the coordinator jobs. Here's what Edward says about that. When I was away from it, I was on college campuses. Hmm. And, you, and I visited Nick. Mm-hmm. And I visited certain universities. And I visited their structure and how they went about doing it. So when I got here, I said, look, this to me, this is, this is the pro model. This is what we're going to do. And so I already had an idea of what I wanted to, to be done, and I needed somebody that understood that. Well, it was Al. Mm-hmm. I said, I got that part. I said, good. And I said, now, the next guy's got to be the guy that is connected to people. Well, that was real simple. It was AP. Mm-hmm. I mean, AP was the first coach I hired. Yeah. You know, no one even knew I had hired him. <laughs> right. It was like, who are you going to hire? So I didn't want to interview some guy. He was already hired. He was, hired, he was hired the day I left out of Bristol on my last day. He was on the, he was on the staff already. I heard rumors about that, yeah. He was on the staff. Staffing, yeah. He was on the staff. You know, no one knew. I mean, I hired him before Danny was there. Yeah. I told Danny and him, I said, look, you're, you're going to be the coordinator. I said, you get to hire. I said, the linebacker coach is hired. Yeah. But you, was, you knew that recruiting was essential even oh, then. Oh, yeah, because I've been around it. You know, yes. I've been around college football. You know, I did SEC games. I, yeah. I was immersed in it. And yeah. even though I was doing the pro stuff, I was doing college football there for a year. Mm-hmm. And you sit there and you watch it and you go, okay. Yeah. And you just take ideas. And you say, who does it the best? You know, who has a pulse on it? And you go, okay. Edwards is known for being energetic and emotional with his players. And on the sidelines of games specifically, he's very even-keeled and almost stoic. How does he say he balances that in broader consideration of his coaching philosophy? My style is, you know, and, and I, learned this from, I learned this from Tony. When I was with Tony at Tampa. Because, you know, Tony was the good cop, I was the bad cop. Mm-hmm. I was assistant head coach, and everybody knew I was a bad cop. Yeah. And if you, if you watch me and Tony, I'm a little bit more, and he's a little bit more reserved than I am, right? Mm-hmm. And people go, Herm's all over the place. Yeah, I am. But in moments of making decisions, I'm like, I flatline. I'm like, okay. And I think the players, they couldn't figure it out early. They were going, what is he doing? I'd always be around him. Quarterback comes off the field, I always see the quarterback first. Mm-hmm. Defense comes off the field, I find my way over there. Special team, I find my, whatever broke down, I find the players that were involved in it, 
and I'm always talking to them. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching. I'm like, what happened? And like, okay, we can fix that. We'll do this one. Good. So they leave, they go. And it's never, it's just, a, it's like we're having a conversation. It's a conversation. Yeah. Because I That's always, not normal to a lot of guys, though. No, the it's not. Level. It's not. Even at the pro level, it's not. Right. It's kind of like, they get it. They go, coach is just trying to give me some knowledge, man. Yeah. I'm all ears right now. Because I've always told coaches, when something bad happens, you basically have four seconds to fix it. When that player comes off, he wants answers. Mm -hmm. How do you fix him? The shouting and all that for 30 seconds? You ain't fixed him yet. Right. <laughs> what if you got to go back? Right. <laughs> you know? And I just I always told the players, I said, man, look, football is a game of chaos. Yeah. Right? There's a million things happening. And within the chaos, you have to stay focused on what is about to happen. I got to make a decision, man. Mm -hmm. it's going to affect everybody. And I don't want to be emotionally where I'm like, oh, and then like, no, 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 no. I'm in the game. And I think what we do in like when we have our team meetings and we go through like just situations of, of, of games that have happened, pro games, college games, we do that two or three times a week. Mm -hmm. We're sitting there as a team. I say, hey, guys, let's go through this situation, what happened in this game. Put it up. And it might be a two-minute situation, whatever. I go, watch what happens here. And the players are like this. And I'm going, now, you see what they did? We would not have called timeout here. And I tell them, I never, I, I never, like, try to belittle the other team. I'm going, yeah. here's the situation. It's not a negative. It's no, it's just let's learn. We're gaming yeah, the thing. Let's learn. And so, you know, after the first, you know, first week, they kind of, okay. Then after about the second week, they're going, huh? then all of a sudden they're going, oh, man, they're, they're, they're into this now. Because now they're all thinking like a coach. Right. You give them the ability to think like a coach. Because right. you want to know, what is a coach thinking? You spark them intellectually. Yeah. I go, this is what I'm thinking, boys. Mm -hmm. And they're going, hmm. And then they start answering. Oh, yeah, coach. We got to do that. I'm going, correct. Edwards made a decision to start as many as five or six freshmen on defense last season for the Sun Devils, including Pac-12 Newcomer of the Year Merlin Robertson the team's leader in tackles, and safety Ashari Crosswell, its leader in interceptions. Here, Chris asks Edwards about his reasoning for erring on the side of youth in his personnel decisions. And I've always said my, my philosophy on this, and I, and I told the seniors this, no different than the juniors, and I, no different than I tell a pro football player that's a vet. Mm -hmm. I said, let me tell you something. I said, understand who your coach is. I said, first of all, I played. I said, so this is not a guy who ain't ever played. Yeah. I played at every level. I said, here's what I do know as a player. I said, if I walk in as a rookie and at the end of camp or at the end of two or three games, it's even, it ain't even. Right. Yeah. It's not even. not even. And if you allow it to be even, <laughs> you're about to lose your job. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to get more reps than you now. Of course. Because he's saying, right now, I know nothing, and I'm even with the junior. Yeah. He's going to be a better player. So give him reps. That's how they get better. Yeah. And I think the players know that now. They know, they say, hey, if you come in here, man, and you and I tell you, them freshmen came in here and they were like, and they know there's 20-something guys coming again. And now they figured it out in the room. They're going, hey, man, these dudes are getting in good players here. Mm -hmm. And they know who these guys are. They're going, these guys are good players. Mm -hmm. I better That creates a competition. The Sun Devils should increasingly benefit from the experience gained by their young defense in 2019 and beyond with Edwards particularly excited about the depth they've added through recruiting in the last year. 
What'll be fun for us because we were a little bit hindered, and you knew because you had practice all day. We didn't have we didn't have a lot of defensive linemen. No. Well, now those guys were coming in. Mm-hmm. We had five six guys. We're going to camp seventeen. Yeah. So now that holds dramatic, and we're getting two guys that got a little experience, mm-hmm. pretty good players. And so now you look at that, and the back end, it'll be kind of interesting. Yeah. Because of the athletes we're bringing in. Mm-hmm. The things that that I think we can become. That's exciting to me. Mm-hmm. When, when I look at us going, if this thing works out right, and these guys are the guys we think we are, we got a chance to be pretty good now. With the Sun Devils transitioning to a new quarterback starter, Edwards and his offensive coordinator Rob Likens have spent recent months looking at ways to be more creative. They know opponents will load up the box and play man coverage on the perimeter in order to try to limit ASU star running back Eno Benjamin and put pressure on the new quarterback. Here's a segment in which Chris inquires with Edwards about their offensive strategy heading into 2019. Rob, um, he talked about just really studying the Rams, the Chiefs, the Patriots. And those are the most creative mm-hmm. offenses in football. Yes. And a lot of times coaches talk about, you know, we need guys that get open, that beat man coverage. But not all schemes are created the same way. That's it's exactly about, right. It's about run replacements and That's how exactly you... That's right. So... so so how do you build off of what you did in year one mm-hmm. to be able to put more and more of that ability into your scheme? Yeah, well, it, the, well, I'm glad you say that because the more we watch things, the more things stay the same. Mm-hmm. And you go, okay, the good teams continue to go back to these core plays, right? Mm-hmm. Formation changes, personnel changes, what is the same old, same old? Mm-hmm. Well, how do we do that? Once we know the players we have in place, which we'll know, now we'll get some young ones in because we're going to get a gifted tight end in here, a freshman, no, a couple yeah. receivers in here, and you go, okay. Once we get them implemented, then it's just a matter of, okay, how are we doing this? The runner's the lead dog. We know that. Okay? And how do we build the running game around the passing game? Mm-hmm. Because the running game is going to feed the passing game. The passing game ain't feeding the running game. The running game will feed the passing game. Sure. How do we want to attack them? Mm-hmm. And how do we force the defense to put them in coverages that are very uncomfortable? Did you know that uh, if you shrunk the game down and you went run heavy to protect your defense and all that stuff last year, did you know that Eno could have the type of season that he ended up having? I don't think anyone <laughs> anticipated that. I, you know, I, I knew he was a runner, a good runner. But the more I watched him, I went, yeah, okay. And then it was a then it was really the offensive line. Yeah. Is how and the offensive line felt good about that. Because we were built to do that. We weren't built to be a drop back team. No. We were built to play action, to move it to RPOs, yes. run it. You know, that's what we were. And I think the more we got into it, the more confidence the offensive line got. You know. And it was just it was fun to watch now. Here again. When I did that, I'm going, I was thinking of this year. I figured. Because I'm going. Wait. Freshman quarterback and it's going to be a guy that never played before. Yeah. And I'm going, or, okay, right? And so I'm going, what are we better able to do? Better be able to run the ball. And they got to feel good about running the ball. Yeah. Now these guys think they can run the ball. And they can. Yeah. So you were, you were thinking. All right. I was thinking, all right, you take the job, you go, okay, this is what I got. Yeah. Okay. Next year, who am I missing? Yeah. This guy, this guy, this guy. Okay. Yeah. So what am I going to do to help the guy that plays here? Yeah. I better do it now. With a better understanding of the differences between the college and pro game, Edwards has contemplated how to best tailor his approach to his personnel while adhering to his philosophies. 
Here, he opens up about that while acknowledging a sense of urgency about competing and winning as much as possible early in his tenure. You know, I, NFL's funny because NFL, it's... It, 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 They've gone to a little after this year, they, they really panicked. I mean, eight guys go. Mm-hmm. The guy from Arizona had no shot. I mean, that's, yeah. That wasn't fair. Yeah, what? Hey, I mean, come on. And, and now if they turn right back around and draft another quarterback? Yeah, if they do that, then. Like, but I get it. That's, that's that league. They, they get paid money. Those guys are fine. I think college football, um, the thing you learn about college football, because in the NFL, you, you can't get rid of the players. Right. You don't, yeah. <laughs> they don't graduate. Yeah, you know. Yeah. In college football, they graduate. Yeah. So, I think the fan base understands. Well, that's not his. You know, they'll say that's not his guys. Mm-hmm. In pro football, they'll go, "That's not your guys. They're your guys." Because mm-hmm. they ain't graduating, baby. Right. They got contracts. Yeah. In college football, they'll go, "Well, he doesn't have his guys yet." That's kind of the norm. What people sure. say, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so does that make you more relaxed? No, because I took this job going, "Hey, if we can compete." And get them competitive. Where we can be in games in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. we're gonna have a chance. Mm-hmm. Now that was my thinking. Now maybe no one outside this room, except me and my coaches, have thought that. But it was like, no, 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 no. I think if we just do this and and we we, we shrink the game, mm-hmm. okay, shrink the game, yeah. and before you know it, in the fourth quarter, it's like, ooh, we're in the game. Yeah. Then you gotta go make a play. Yeah. Right, and if you make a play, it's like, God, how did they do that? Yeah. Well, it's because we stayed in the game. Thanks for joining us on this special edition of the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to read the entire interview with Edwards, you can find it on sundevilsource.com. As I mentioned at the outset of this podcast, we'll be having additional interviews with members of Edwards' staff in this format throughout the summer to hold you over until the start of preseason camp in August. So for publisher Chris Cartman, I'm your host, Rob Warner, saying so long, and thank you for tuning in. 